Hello, Paula Byrne here, Advanced Tax Lecturer, and you're very welcome to another bite-sized podcast on some of the more examinable areas of an advanced tax exam. Today, I want to look at revenue audit. And one of the areas in revenue audit that can land students in a bit of bother is how to treat somebody who is an employee. However, the employer has not accounted for their payroll taxes and what are the consequences? Again, very examinable and it's probably the only area, in my opinion, that um, you know, students can come undone. So let's just remind ourselves that a contract of service relates to an employee and a contract for service relates to somebody who is self-employed. Now, revenue have come down very, very, very heavy on this. So if in doubt, I, if I were you in an exam situation, if you were in any doubt whatsoever, I would assume that they are an employee. Now, there are actually, you know, there is a criteria, there is a code of practice issued by revenue as to, you know, the criteria. So whether somebody is a employee or whether they're self-employed and they are, are you'd ask a, que a series of questions. So are they under the control of another person who directs how, when and where the work is to be carried out? Do they supply labour only? Do they receive a fixed hourly, weekly, or indeed a monthly wage? Um, can they not? Or do they not have the ability to subcontract the work? Uh, they don't supply. Do they not supply their own materials or equipment other than the small tools of the trade? Um, are they not exposed to personal financial risk on the work? Do they not assume? responsibility for investment and business management do they not have a chance to profit from sound management in arranging the work do they have to work set hours on a given level um, or a given level of uh, hours per week or month uh, do they work for one person or for one business do they receive expense payments to cover subsistence or travel expenses and are they entitled to pay or time off and if the answer is yes well then it is indicative that they are an employee now it is on a case-by-case -case basis of course and there are going to be exceptions to the rule of course where self-employed people will in some instances be able to get reimbursement for travel expenses for example okay now there is also a case a lovely case henry denny and sons and it looked at four criteria and the criteria are there is a control test there is an integration test there is an economics relation test and there's an entrepreneurial test so control test was the employee subject to the control direction and dismissal by the company uh, integration test was the role of the employee integral to the employer's business economics relation test were the terms consistent with a contract of service and remember the contract of service is the one that's the employee one and the entrepreneurial test was the employee in business on their own account and they are the types of questions that would be asked okay so that is the difference now what happens is sometimes and this happens in not just in the exam world 
somebody, an employer will say to some, to their employee, they'll say, ah, listen, you're not my employee. You're, you're self-employed. So you look after your own taxes. So it saves the employer the hassle and the stress and the expense of having to uh, put them through a payroll system. Now, not only that, there is an employer, P-R-S-I, and they will also save that. And that could be one of the reasons, probably the main reasons, why an, they, uh, an employer would uh, deem somebody to be self-employed. And the other reason would be that they're, maybe they're just paying them cash and they're just paying them what we call under the table, or cash in hand. So... How do we cope with that? So if in an exam question you are told that there was an employee and very often you're not actually have you don't actually have to um come up with whether they are an employee or not. You might just be told that they are actually an employee and that they hadn't put them through the payroll. How do you deal with that? Well, how you deal with that is that what you gave the employee is deemed to be their net, their net payment, right? So it works out very expensive. So for you to fix that, you have to gross up the payment. So let's just say that, just take very simply, that I have been paying somebody cash in hand. And let's say the person I've been paying cash in hand is actually a 52% taxpayer, just to make it nice and handy. Maybe they have a bit of rental income from somewhere or whatever, but they've used up all of their tax credits and their cut-offs and all the rest of it. So they are a 52% taxpayer. Now, and I have given them, let's say I pay them 50,000 cash in hand. Lovely. And for one reason or another, I didn't put them to my payroll system. So now what happens now is, is that I have to gross that up. How do I gross it up? I divide it by 0.48. And that gives me 104,167. Now, why did I divide it by 0.48? Well, let's say the hundred, you take 100%. Less the 52% of their marginal rate, and that gives you the 48%. So if you get a calculator there out now and work along with me, if you take the 50,000 and gross it up, how do you gross it up? You divide it by 0.48 because that's deemed to be the 48%. Why? Because 52% of it was paid over to revenue or should have been paid over to revenue. And that leaves us with 104,167. Now let's just check did I do that correctly? So that's the gross. Now, I've told you that their tax should have been taxed, at, uh, should have been taxed at 52%. So 52% of the 104,167 gives me 54,167. So if I take the gross figure, the 104,000, less the tax, 52% of that, which is 54,000 odd, that gives me a net of 50,000, 50,000. So that 50,000 is what I pay them net into their hand. So what is, it's very punitive because I actually owe revenue 54,167. That's their payroll taxes. 
So this employee had gross of 104167 of which I now have to make good their payroll taxes to revenue because it's my fault. I didn't put them through the payroll system. Wow. So, so far I've paid them net 550000 now I'm paying their tax of 54167 And not only that, now I have to pay the employer's PRSI. Now, so for the exams in 2021, uh, which would be examinable under the Finance Act 2019, the employer's PRSI rate was 11.05%. Of what? Of the gross pay. So that's another 11,510. So this is working out very expensive, a very expensive mistake. Now, when, so, and let's get back to what we're talking about here. So we're, ta- we're in the realms of revenue audit. So revenue are, uh, so if you found a mistake, you'll have to come clean to revenue. Or if revenue have sent you a letter to say they're on their way, well, then also you have to come clean to, to revenue. So not only do you have to repay the tax and the interest, but there is also a penalty. Now, which penalty does it fall into? So there's three areas. It can be deliberate. It can be careless with significant consequences or careless without significant consequences. Well, this one is easy. It's deliberate. Payroll taxes are considered a fiduciary tax. And as a fiduciary tax, it's considered deliberate if you don't pay over somebody's taxes over to revenue. All right. So the areas you would be looking at on your tax tables under your revenue audit penalties will be on the deliberate, the deliberate area. So look, then you just have to decide, is it prompted or is it unprompted? And as you, I'm sure you know, prompted is a prompted qualifying disclosure is when you have received a letter from audit and they've said they're on their way. And an unprompted qualifying disclosure is when you have found the problem yourself. So um, a deliberate without any cooperation or any disclosure to revenue, it is 100%. So in this case, you would have to repay um, the taxes and that again as a penalty unless of course you cooperate and you make the qualifying disclosure and then it, you can, it reduces quite significantly and that you know is to encourage um, taxpayers to come clean to revenue. So that is the area the only other thing to note in this particular area is that I as a sole trader or as a limited company I didn't declare this person's wages. However, I'm coming clean now. I'm declaring everything. I'm paying my interest. I'm paying my penalty. But also I have, let's let's not forget, I have an extra now tax deductible expense. So originally when I submitted my income tax or my, um, my income tax and my corporation tax return, I wouldn't have claimed for uh, this uh, payroll expense and now I have an extra tax deductible expense of the gross salary of 104,167 and also the employer's PRSI is also tax deductible for 11,510 so it's not all bad news okay and that is revenue audit one particular aspect of it